Welcome back to the Coffee Clutch Crew. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And today we're talking about episode seven, Heads Up. Yes, this was directed by David Boyd, written by Channing Powell. And it had 13.22 million viewers. So if you remember, it was 12.87 last mm-hmm. week. We're gradually going up. So I think people appreciated this episode a little bit more than the last one. I'll give you a couple of fun facts about it first. The main thing... Everybody's excited that Glenn's back. Yay! Yay! Glenn's back. He uh, went under the dumpster. Uh, After being removed from the starring section in Thank You, the episode Thank You, Mm -hmm. remember how we didn't see Stephen Yun on the credits? Yes. He's now relisted in the opening title. So they were playing with us, bottom line. And everyone knew that they were, I mean, not everyone, but everyone was saying he probably went under the dumpster. That's the only logical place he would go. And most people thought he was alive, so really no big surprise. (laughs) The part of the episode where Spencer is trying to traverse that rope to get on the other side of the herd and almost falls, Mm -hmm. that was adapted directly from issue 81 of the comics, I guess. I haven't read, so I couldn't tell you. I'm not that far (laughs) into it. Uh, And the title comes from Enid telling Glenn heads up after tossing the water bottle to him. So I got to tell you, I don't know that I'm loving where they get these episode titles from. The title actually is for Carl saying, heads up, uh, there's another kid behind you with a gun. (laughs) Ron's about to shoot you. Heads up, you're about to get shot in the ass. Hey, Carl. I don't believe we had any new actors this episode. And we had one listed death, which is David. But we saw his death already on screen. Uh, He appears here as a zombie, so I guess we saw his zombie death. And this is the guy that Glenn retrieves the note from his... Uh, person to bring back to his wife. All right, let's get into our episode. First off is the big scene. After being trapped by a horde of walkers, Glenn manages to survive. He crawls under the dumpster. Yeah, big surprise. Um, the walkers are occupied consuming Nicholas, so that's what we kind of assumed, that it was his corpse they were feeding off of. Yes. And he manages to kind of slither in there. But this is what I don't understand. Let's imagine a T, right? So you have me laying down. Mm-hmm. I'm the tall part of the T and then you're above me and you're the diagonal part of the T mm-hmm. and that's what's getting eaten mm-hmm. but my legs are exposed mm-hmm. my legs and my hips yeah that's true but they seem to mostly want to go for the guts first right they're always like trying to go right into the stomach true. section yes but you have a there you have this big group of walkers fighting for the limbs right so wouldn't you know, they're piling up on each other. Yes so and no. Towards the end, if I can't reach the part I want, I'm just going to eat the toes and shit. Yes and no. I thought that too until we both questioned when Glenn looks to the side and there's sort of a lot of bodies 
surrounding the dumpster. And we mm. both kind of said, what are all those dead bodies doing there? He didn't have a chance to kill them. When they were on top of the dumpster alive, him and Nicholas had been shooting some of them. Yes. And they had almost piled up like a little barrier, like a semicircle around the dumpster. That's so true. It looks like they fell behind them and almost created a wall of bodies and it was harder to get to them. I don't know. I guess if it happened really fast and he had the head to quickly move under there. Well, I guess there. that's right. We don't know how long because they made a kind of slow motion and focused in. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was only like five seconds of him freaking out and then sliding under. Right. Hmm. That's the only thing that really makes any sense. Now, what I don't entirely like is the fact that he's under there for a little while and all the zombies start to walk away. We figure out that it's partially Enid who creates the distraction. However, there was a shit ton of walkers there. And we've seen how hard it was to even round up that horde with everything that Rick and the group did. So the one little distraction and they kind of finish Nicholas's body and they all get bored and now there's none. There are zero walkers in that alleyway. I mean, he wasn't under there for days. Well, he was very thirsty, so he was probably under there for a while. To the walkers, they already fed on the one human. They don't have a memory. They don't most of them didn't even know there was a second one, right? And they can't move forward anymore. They're just standing there. So a new sound, something new to go after. Yeah, but uh, I thought the same thing as you if it had been a while because he was thirsty. However, this is where I get really confused, okay? And this is my biggest question for the episode. I believe it was when we were watching Talking Dead that there was a comment or a fun fact that stated everything that has occurred since the opening scene in the quarry until this episode has taken place over the span of one day. That's a busy day. I cannot figure that out. So you've had them coming up with the plan, leading all the walkers away, the wolf attack... I know we're following separate groups here, and so it makes sense that time is passing for each of them. However, I don't know. This feels like way too much. And and thus, if that's the case, Glenn hasn't even been under there for one full day. No. Um, I found it hard to believe at first as well, but we haven't had a night scene. And remember, every other episode is a different group happening on the same timeline. Actually, so I think we did them. have one night scene because when Rick came out and found Deanna a couple episodes back and she stopped him and they talked, it was getting dark out. But it, that could still be like one oh, day and one hours. night. Okay, you know? you're So right. that's, that's, I guess that's fine. But yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I, it feels like a stretch to me. I, I guess that's, it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, you stretch it a little bit, you throw in some good luck, Len has gotten out of some tight spots before, I guess we've kind of explained it, but the big issue is that they left us hanging, right, for many episodes. They wanted to create suspense, they wanted this exciting reveal. Now, first of all, it wasn't that much a reveal, because we all sort of figured that Glenn was alive. And we were saying, well, that'll still be okay because we want Glenn to live if it's this really amazing explanation of how it happened right. and how he escaped and all the things that occur. There was nothing amazing about this. No, it was very predictable. Everyone predicted this. <sighs> so why hold it off that many episodes? Because now it's not exciting and cliffhanger-ish. It's, it feels like something they thought up to try to 
trick you and keep it interesting. And it's very transparent now on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like they knew it once the backlash started happening, once mm. the tweets and the reddits and everyone freaking out for the last couple episodes. Um, I mean, even during a commercial break from the show that comes on after Walking Dead, which is Into the Badlands, Stephen Young came on. He plays Glenn. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about how he, w- he has read what everyone has been saying and he appreciates the fans. He's happy to be back and is looking forward to talking about it more. Meaning on uh, Talking Dead later. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked it because it, it felt kind of sweet and because Steven is a very likable guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't stop thinking about how this may be the producers doing damage control. Oh, absolutely. And that was just one little tip. How about the whole entire episode of Talking Dead? Yeah. They kept harping. I mean, it was kind of a boring episode. They were just going on and on about how they didn't know. They didn't even know. How did this happen? And they yeah, loved the, the reveal. They were so surprised and they got to live this moment together. It felt very contrived. Like they were trying to force that untruth down your throats. Yeah. And it's easy for fans to, to fall for that because it's like, oh, so I'm really smart. I just knew hmm. when no one else knew. Or maybe it was just me that felt that way, that this was so predictable and boring. Maybe it really was exactly. a surprise to yeah. most people. But I feel like in this day and age with social media, with all the podcasts you have about things like this, you can't get away with stuff like that anymore. This uh, very contrived scheme that they had going that... It, there's too much hype. There's too much talk. And it, I think you're right that they did sort of figure that out. And it felt a little bit staged, the whole episode of Talking Dead, to try to make up for it. But it was like, oh, we realized that this didn't work. Yeah. And we're going to try to jam it down your throats that it did. So um, I think more than the episodes, I was a little frustrated with the Talking Dead follow-up to it. Yeah, it's hard for them because they can't reveal, they can't say too much. And they can't say anything like we can right now and, and say we didn't like something. Chris Hardwick can't say that. Oh, He's getting paid by not. that. Of course not. So it's difficult. Yeah, I understand for him. I, I was almost hoping, though, that some of the people on the couch would have been like... <laughs> They're his guests. Uh, Hey, guys, was it really that obvious to everybody? Yeah, but like I thought it would be okay for Ken Jung to come out because you know he's a comedian he's a funny guy he kind of has a little bit of a sarcastic wit so i could see him getting away with something a little bit innocent but pointed yeah comment like that like oh i'm a viewer i kind of wasn't all that surprised by this i saw it coming a little bit what do you you know and then you have the woman who's representing the walking dead on there gail Mm -hmm. and i just felt like she almost made it worse i felt like her face was a zombie well, and she said nothing. <laughs> it really wasn't convincing. And then the explanations for why they had to do this. You know, what is the point in the whole furthering the plot line of Walking Dead? Really was it was a uh, empty sort of explanation. Yeah, Scott Gimple said they wanted us to feel the same uncertainty as the characters felt. You know, because the characters, they don't have phones, they don't have beepers, so they right. can't say like, hey, where are you guys? So they, you know, they they have no way of knowing, and they have to wait to find out and sit there. And yes, they do, but I think it could have been done better. Well, yeah, because we didn't feel that because there was an uncertainty. We, we kind of did know what was happening. And, yeah. But you know, where I do feel that sense of what they're trying to establish is with Daryl. Now, you know, I think they did. A, it was a kind of a boring episode, but they did a good job of 
us wandering along with the group. Mm-hmm. How is he going to get back to them? What's going to happen? Now you have this uh, group X that's going to be in the mix. And so there's a little bit of that fear um, surrounding that plot line. Yeah. And this episode overall, I mean, I didn't think it was spectacular, but they did kind of get back on their feet a little bit. The next part actually found really interesting where Glenn has his encounter with Enid, who gives him some supplies, but then runs away. He chases her and tries to convince her to come back to Alexandria with him. What did you think about this interaction? It was really charged, really emotional. It was, and I think... Mm. I can understand when he's screaming what happened to Maggie. I can see, of course, that's emotional because he just heard from Enid that they were uh, attacked by Walker, uh, by humans. Yes. So, of course, he wants to know what happened to his wife. And I was frustrated right along with him. I was like, God damn it, Enid, tell just him. Answer. Just, <laughs> just at, at least, even if something. you don't know, say, I don't know because I ran away. Yeah, what is her problem? Like, I I get it. So, you know, you find out through their kind of interactions on the way back to Alexandria that she's scared. That's the bottom line. She's shutting people out. She doesn't want to trust anything or anyone. But she's acting like a brat about it. A typical teenage brat. It's starting to get really annoying. annoying. And throughout the course of this whole interaction between the two of them, I start getting really frustrated and worried for Glenn because it's as though he's doing the same thing all over again, the type of thing he tried to do with Nicholas, where he should just let this person go. He pushes and he pushes, I'm going to save you, I'm going to bring you back, I'm going to turn you around, and it bites him in the ass, and he almost gets killed for it one scene ago with somebody else, and now he's doing it all over again with Enid. Well, he's the reverse Rick. Yes, and I love that about him. I do. This is why we need him in our group. But I just wish he was a little more aware of it. Yeah. Even if it was like he couldn't fight it because this is who he is. I wish he knew it on some level that it was a dumb decision. And maybe he does. I would like to know what her story is. We thought for a while she could be a co-conspirator with the wolves, perhaps a mole for them. It doesn't appear that way anymore. No, it doesn't. We got to see her little flat. (laughs) Yeah. so to speak, that she's been hiding out. And then it looks like she's just been skipping town to get away and be alone. Yeah, she likes uh, the solidarity. And she's going through a lot. She doesn't trust anybody. Um, I don't think she wants to lose anybody else. So the, the quickest way to not have to deal with loss is to be alone. Not get close. And, you know, this doesn't completely discount that she could, on some level, have been working with them. But it just seems... Doesn't want to lo- go back and feels guilty. Right. It seems less likely. It's hard to tell, you know, how long she's been at this place. Well, he manages to somehow get her going with him, mm-hmm. headed back towards Alexandria. And now we switch point of views and we see what's going on back at the town. First, Rick confronts Morgan to ask him whether he let any of the wolves go. It's almost like a council. <laughs> right? He's got yeah. Carol and Michonne and they're like sitting Morgan down to have this talk. Which initially sounds like a, did you do the wrong thing or not? And I can see that that had to happen. But it almost morphs into an existential 
discussion about their viewpoints on how they need to handle the new world. And Morgan is trying to defend his position of every life is sacred. I think Michonne is the voice of the viewers Yeah. in this moment where she says, it's not just about four words. It's not that simple. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Uh, But we can see where he's coming from. He explains his internal struggle very well about this, that he wants to believe in that. He needs to hold on to that, even though he doesn't always know that that's true. So I liked that, but I thought, "Mm, is this really the right time for this? They have to sit down eventually and figure out what their code is going to be as a group, what they're all going to adhere to. Uh, But they have so many really important pressing issues going on that... I think this meeting maybe could have waited. You know, as we see later, the entire safety of Alexandria was on a razor's edge and crumbles by the end of the episode because Mm -hmm. nobody has been doing anything about it. Yeah, I think what needed to be done was a meeting with everyone. Yeah. And just say, what's our next step? Action plan meeting. Yeah. Not long-term meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why I got so frustrated with the uh, Deanna plot of she's coming again with these delusional dreams about the future for Alexandra and she's trying to convince us as viewers about how there's going to be an after this either way but it's like well bitch there might not be an after this either way if these walkers get through so you didn't like when she came up to Rick and Michonne and said uh here's a layout for the new expanded oh I just think there's so much more we could do with her character that this is what we're turning her into, very one-dimensional. Um, and they're trying to make it be like she has this great philosophy, and that's why her outlook, but it just doesn't feel that way. I see. I, I view it as she's been broken down, and now she's slowly, like, this is the way she she's building herself back up whole. Um, it seems naive to us, but remember where she's coming from. She's coming from never having to see a walker and dealing with anything. Then we saw her in the beginning of the season not being a captain anymore, you know, can't even take care of her own emotions, never mind the whole town. And uh, she's slowly getting back to it. Um, And with that positive attitude, I think we need that positive attitude. Yeah, but I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if it's truly positive at this point. I think it's it's still a bit unrealistic and delusional. Here's what I think. I think we have a bunch of people right now in Alexandria, not all of them, the original Alexandrian group, some of ours Mm -hmm. that are um, a bit in denial Mm -hmm. about the situation. And my point is, you know, instead of doing the kinds of things Rick has been doing throughout the past couple of episodes that seem not very urgent, kind of silly, like teaching Ron to shoot. We'll get to that later. Having this sit down with Morgan. I mean, all of these weird things that he's doing while he should be taking action with the group, teaching them how to get tough, teaching them how to defend themselves, shoring up the defenses, which we finally see them trying to um, make that wall a little bit sturdier, but coming up with a plan for the walkers, eventually he does that. Having a meeting with everybody to discuss how can we use everybody in this town right now to make this safe because it's not. And he's totally dismissing the Alexandrians because they're useless in his mind. Yeah, that's a little naive. I agree with you. I'm just trying to see her side. It would have been much better if she handed them plans of uh, the layout of Alexandria and how we can get rid of these walkers on the walls. That would be timely. Or how do we make it stronger right now? How do yeah. we? You know this better than anybody. How do we, you know, bolster our defenses? How do we set some traps? How do we 
you know, and then later, maybe you can draw up this plan for the future once we establish that there's going to be an Alexandria because you know what's going to happen if this whole thing falls apart and she's allowed herself to hold on to only this pipeline dream of the future. She's going to be crushed all over again. Somebody needs to bring her down to earth along with a couple other people in the group, such as Eugene, who got that rude awakening finally in this episode. (sighs) We see Rosita beginning to train the Alexandrians. Thank goodness. Somebody's finally saying, if we're going to be with these people, we got to show them. We can't just get mad at them because they're sheltered and they don't know how to defend themselves. They're not useless. They're people we can somewhat trust and we need them. If we're going to be with them, we might as well help them. So she's going to train them spectacular i love that she's had a non-role for a while now and they bring her back in a position that we were looking for why is eugene so remiss to learn how to defend himself if it's still the fact simply that he's scared i i'm starting to really hate this character because this is extreme cowardice yeah for no other reason just than that he's scared we haven't gotten out not paying attention at least pay attention. Try to learn how to protect yourself. You can be scared and still want to learn. That's what they're all going through. And yeah. at the minute she calls him on his bullshit, which, God, why did it take so long for somebody to say that to him? He leaves. He can't handle it. And remember, she was part of the group that Eugene was in from the beginning before yeah. we even they even met Rick. Yeah, she's had enough. And she can say that to him. Oh, yeah. And he should be able to hear it from her, if anyone. But the rest of them stay after he walks away. So hopefully he'll learn a lesson and these people will get a little bit more adept at defending themselves. Maybe they'll finally learn that they have to stick it in the head for them to die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at least that. Now we go over to Rick and Carl teaching Ron how to shoot. My least favorite scene in this episode. Okay, these are both smart dudes. How did neither one of them know that something is up with Ron? I mean, yeah, he's being very creepy. And- Rick knows that he killed his father and that he's been upset about this and that that was a danger factor. And Carl knows even more about what's going on with him and the fact that he's mad at Carl because he stole his girlfriend and yada yada. And they just had a fight. So all these very horrible things going on. Nobody sits down to talk to the kid. The answer is just, let's give him a gun. And teach him how to shoot in the middle of all these crazy things we got going on right now. I think he's more open to it because he was so closed to his son many seasons ago having a gun, if you recall. And then when he finally gave him a gun because his wife told him to, he always said, keep it in your holster at all times until I say you can pull it out. That's definitely true, but clearly not a good idea because the next thing we see is Ron going to the armory to steal some bullets. My question here, why is there no lock or guard on the gun? So <laughs> we're guarding the pantry with the food in it, but not the weapon? Yeah. A <laughs> little bit strange. That's not where their head is. They're not thinking that someone's going to sneak in to get guns, especially at this point. But after a wolf attack, they should surely be thinking that. Yeah. Right? Um, or at least they should all be armed themselves against the walkers. I mean, that's Oh, yeah, no more weird. no guns in the town thing. Yeah. yeah. They're all just sitting there in a thing and they're not locked up and they're not being used. But anyway, Ron takes the gun and it looks like he's going to go shoot Carl before the shit hits the fan. Yes. Now, depending on how far they are, even if he goes to shoot Carl, 
I think he'll miss because he's never shot a gun before. And they had that whole commentary about when you first pull it up, your tendency mm-hmm. will be to not raise it high, you know, to shoot too early, not bring it up high enough, not wait. You'll I think be that shaking, was foreshadowing. Gonna, so I think he's going to shoot because this is going to happen while the wall's falling in there in this different section or something. And I think it's going to hit the ground a little in front of Carl. And Carl's going to turn around and like just beat his ass or shoot him. Or not even have a chance to because then, then they'll the noise, be attacking yeah. and then he'll really need to shoot to kill. Yeah. Uh, and then Carl ended up saving his life. Probably. <laughs> yep. Well, it's it's a good setup. A little frustrating though, these sort of... I like that scene though because that's what we've been looking for. You know, the last three episodes, we've been looking for something to make us intrigued. Yeah, but I just, I don't think they're handling a lot of these things right. Even when the ideas are good, Mm -hmm. the execution is sloppy. Here comes a really great scene at the wall. Spencer has a very bright idea (laughs) uh, to attempt to use this grappling line to get out of Alexandria in a bid to find a car and draw the walkers away. But as we see, it doesn't work. All right, so a few things. One, do you think that's really what he was doing? You're going to say, do I think he was just trying to escape? Right, right. because we've seen him be self-destructive. He's drinking all the alcohol. He was saying, this is bullshit, blaming it all on his mom. And two, why would he not discuss it with the group? I have a grapple. Why don't we grapple? I definitely thought that for a half a second, but the way he fought Rick so vehemently afterwards, I think it's true that he's saying, even if I did have a good idea, you're not paying any of us any attention. We're Alexandrian, so we're worthless. You wouldn't have listened is the underlying message. And he's right. You know, yeah, as much Rick's as... going to have to open up a little bit. As much as I agree with Rick on a lot of things, and I don't like the way he's being painted so black, even in this scene, mm-hmm. uh, it's true that he's either going to be with them or not. You can't be there and almost treat them as though they're sheep. Yeah. You know? Michonne said the same thing. She mirrored that same uh, idea. The This is so uh, different from what... The Rick we knew after he had a, the first couple of catastrophes, remember he shut off and he was like, I'm no mm-hmm. longer going to be in charge. I'm going to be in charge of the field mm-hmm. at, the, at the prison and I'm not going to have gun. I'm just going to do this. But now it's even worse because he's opposite. commando, but it's only my group. And that's how you get into the kind of thinking that these crazy groups get into that we're all for ourselves and it doesn't matter how we protect them and, you know, screw everyone else, even if they're other humans. That's what Walking Dead's all about. It's mm-hmm. it's about that thin line between when you're that crazy group that are quote unquote bad guys or that group that's just protecting yours and your own, you know? To the Alexandrians, Rick's group is very close to being those crazy bad guys right now. They were even closer before, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a battle that Rick's going to have to deal with and we'll, we'll watch him go through that. Mm-hmm. But he's been shunned so many times, trusting too many people. Yeah. What he's do you expect? Proven. It's if been you proven went through that, how would you be? That you can't to him. But, you know, he, he has to eventually give that chance in order for these people to be able to prove themselves. The, yes. To extend that bit of trust so they can step up to the plate. But also remember, this has all been in 24 hours. Right. I don't, yeah, that's why I don't <laughs> like that. It feels like we've had too much evolution, too many crises. Putting it in the scope of 24 hours almost makes it feel less meaningful that all of these arcs have happened within one day. I Crazy mean, day. Uh, you know, I don't like that. 
but before we go forward, Spencer, now we have walkers at the gates, mm-hmm. but I find it hard to believe that you have that many walkers around the whole perimeter because they all came from one direction. Mm. So I'm sure there was a safer spot to grapple over. And like we were saying, if it seemed as though it had been a couple of days, then it would make sense that they had spread around to the entire perimeter one day. Not even. I don't think they had the chance. It hasn't even been a day since the walkers came to the wall. Right. I don't think they had that chance to fan out all the way around. Um, But they're making it seem like there was no safe place. I just find that hard to believe. Uh, But, you know, he's maybe not the smartest guy. So maybe there was. And he just got this idea in his head and he's going to go do it. Um, And actually, it could have been a really good idea if it had been executed, right? If he had gone to Rick and they had figured out the best way to do this. And, you know, but then again, they really didn't have the time, as we see. Yes. Um, So maybe it was good, maybe not. But before we get to the collapse, a couple of other things happened. Speaking of problems, what is going on with Father Gabriel? I don't know. What does he want, a prayer session? He wants a prayer circle. And Rick is does not trust that guy at all. And he's like, I don't want anyone around you. Was that what's the, the pulling down his He's stomping signs? around like a child and pulling down posters instead of confronting him. This is what I mean about like the not so uh, great behavior that's happening that we would expect from certain characters. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he doesn't trust him. And I could see that he's getting spiteful. But hey, what is a prayer circle going to hurt hurt? If he wants to put up posters, the man has no purpose in life anymore. Let him put up some posters. But B, if you really want to change it and make things different, you need to talk to him. He needs to be finally brought into a place where he's going to get on board or he has to leave. Yeah, When was the last time someone spoke to him? It feels like forever. Especially Rick. When was the last time Rick spoke to him? And if he's an unreliable piece Mm -hmm. inside of these walls, do you really want to let him go skulking around left to his own devices all this time? No, not at all. Don't underestimate even a man like Father Gabriel. That could be problems. We also see Morgan going to Dr. Denise for help with this injured wolf. Double D. You know, she thinks that it's him at first that's Mm -hmm. hurt and then discovers that he needs it for something else. Now, did he tell her up front what was going on, that he had this wolf there? I know we didn't see that. No, he just told her that it's something that you're not going to like and that you can't tell anybody. And she just agreed to go. Yeah, you have to. As a doctor, if someone's hurt, Mm -hmm. you have to go fix them or try to. And a little scary that we see Carol... Uh, running off to go follow them and discover what's happening. Although I don't know if any of that will come to fruition now, given what happens at the end of this episode. Do you think we're going to see that play out all the way at some point? I think, well, we saw her go to the door, and I think she's going to see him, but I think that's when everything happens. And with the tower going onto the wall and the wall collapsing and the walkers coming in, the dynamic we're going to see now is Carol, Morgan, and Dr. Denise, and that, and that uh, wolf. They're going to be stuck in their own part of the town. Mm. And they're going to have to speak with the wolf. They're going to have a fight, like, just leave the wolf here. And he's going to be like, no, everyone's valuable. Um, every life matters. And we're going to see all of them trying to get out of the way and the whole danger of the wolf. And we're going to come back on the next episode 
podcast and speak about <laughs> should we trust the wolf and all or that. the walker attack could happen and he could help fight off the walkers and that would certainly prove Morgan was right to keep him around if he helps them defend the town he might help in that moment because he will die but he's not it's obvious he can't be trusted there's no turning that guy around of course not but something positive needs to come out of that because even if the shit hits the fan and there's not time for this to unravel now Carol's not going to forget it and she's going to come back to that point later so yeah. Morgan's going to need a way out of that situation. And an easy way would be if he kind of proves that he's not all bad. And so Morgan can say, this is why we don't kill these people. Yes. Perhaps. But it doesn't seem like he wants to even prove that he's not all bad at this point. Well, he doesn't know it himself, Morgan, if this was the right choice. Oh, no. Not at all. You know? Maybe Morgan will be forced to kill him in the midst of all this. But I'm if glad it goes we- the other way. Maybe that'll be a heavy scene mm-hmm. because we've seen why Morgan's this way because they did that episode. Yep. And if they didn't show that episode, the way Morgan's being right now, we would be so pissed and we'd be annoyed, but it's still right now. I'm, I don't agree with them, but it's not like annoying me. Like what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Cause no, I actually I'm, understand. Uh, yeah. That was an, a spectacular episode. Really one of my favorites. Um, and, and it means a lot more to see the characters now. In fact, I wish that instead of those other filler episodes, we would have gotten more flashbacks. Give, give us some more of that on other characters. I'd love to see where people came from, how they got to this point. Yeah. So finally, the last scene is we see, you know, Glenn and Enid release all of these balloons to signal their position into the air. And Maggie realizing that Glenn is alive... But at that moment, the damaged church tower begins to collapse and comes down on Alexandria's wall. So can they get in there? And if so, how fast? They get in right away. Right away. Mm -hmm. Totally open. It doesn't just kind of fall. And thus, it kind of becomes part of the wall because it's this big building sitting where the wall used to be. No, we saw it all kind of once one part of the wall came down, it, it kind of like pulled the rest down okay not the whole wall but enough for the zombies to start going enough that they can flood yeah and uh these walls that are protecting them from the outside are now trapping them on the inside Mm -hmm. and they haven't prepared for this i've questioned several times why we don't have escape plans and rallying points and uh, radios for everybody. I mean, just just what are you going to do if the worst happens? Because the worst always happens now in this new world. And it doesn't often seem like we had a plan. Every time the place they're at gets ruined, people get scattered to the four winds or a group gets separated. Nobody knows where they're supposed to go. And it's really just dumb luck that they all wind up getting back together. Um, So I think the next time around, we need to have a plan for that. We also need to have better strategies in place of maybe booby trapping around having better guards on watch all of the time. If a walker attack occurs, maybe a a strategy of what you do and who does what, what role people play. I mean, just get a little bit smarter with thinking ahead. I know that they are constantly reacting to what's happening in the moment, but if they're going to survive long-term, I think they're going to have to do more than what they're doing now. Yeah, and we know that it's going to be survival at this point once these walkers start coming in, and they're going to have to get behind Rick and they're going to have to find a way to to fight out of this. But um, we know that Daryl and his crew are on their way back Mm -hmm. and we know that they're not that far away. I thought they were further than 
this, but they're not more yeah, than apparently they're not that spread out at all. Six hours, five hours away at least, at most. And we know that Glenn is already there. So right. when they come, it's going to be up to them to free to bring them, uh, bring the herd away. Yep, from the town. It's going to be up to them. Not even bring them away. At this point, they're inside the gates, so they're going to have to really just. Well, they might be able to use sounds, like they said before, and you know, even though they're inside of there, they could pull enough of them out that the, our people could get out safely instead of trying yes. to fight through all of them. Do you think that this land is going to be done, or can they get rid of all the walkers I don't and rebuild think it that should wall? Be. If they pull them back out the same way that they were planning on doing, you know, mm-hmm. they did it with half the horde, do it to this other half. Um, clear them out, whatever's left, kill them, dispose of the bodies, now make the walls even stronger. You've learned you still have a base for a good town. Yeah. Would you say, if there are any more, this would be uh, an optimal time for the wolves to strike again? I don't think they will because they'll be scared themselves of the walkers. Maybe they'll wait until the walkers are removed or... If our group decides not to do that, which I wish they would, but I think they might just decide to move on when they're scattered and on the road in the middle of trying to pick up the pieces, then they might attack. Okay. All right. I think that's all I've got for this episode. Do you want to go over to our ratings? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes gave this one 52% only. The critical consensus was, with heads up, The Walking Dead offers the resolution to a major cliffhanger, but with frustrating results. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kind of a little bit what we were thinking of. The safe place, we get there finally, and then the safe place is destroyed. So we have fully repeated the whole cycle in one, one half of a season, actually. Yeah. Quicker than ever, they're setting records. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 6.5. I'm up a lot from where I was last time because we came back to answering some of those questions I've been waiting on, back to the major characters, and there was some good development happening. Yeah. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, the beats of the episode, you know, the, the beats are still slow, which I understand because, you know, they can't be on uh, 100% all the time. But, uh, you know, it just still wasn't my favorite. And the beginning of the season was so much better that uh, it's just kind of left me wanting more. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The the setup was much better than what they're delivering so far, and that's frustrating at times. But, you know, we've got one episode left before we go into our break. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they will deliver a big finish for this last push. Hopefully. And that concludes our podcast for this episode, and we will be back next week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and thank you again for listening. Tell your friends about us. Let's keep building, and don't forget to review us on iTunes and give us four stars. We're going to be taking a little break for Thanksgiving for ourselves, but when we come back, we're going to be reviewing The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. If you haven't already seen it, go check it out at the movies. Definitely worth a look. Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me!